eventful uh what month since our last episode it has to be something like that something like that i i have no idea i Devin. okay you know what welcome to the landing on lansdowne podcast we're back with a new episode but are we happy with all these transactions that we just made low-key yes i think the team's more complete i i think so too what well, there's this tweet where it's like the in and out of the Red Sox offseason. And yeah, obviously it hurts to see Bogarts go and everything. And hopefully I can pull up the tweet. I doubt I can. But um, the people we got coming in are pretty fucking good. Yeah, like, I think a lot that, like, the narrative around this offseason is that we lost Bogarts. But yeah. you also got it that we turned one of our biggest, biggest weaknesses into a strength this offseason with the bullpen yeah in elite veteran relievers you know they added arms in a starting rotation where some guys that contributed a lot last year might not have roles this year like josh winkowski and cutter crawford like i don't know where they stand in this bullpen they'll just probably be at the very bottom yeah shout out cutter though cutter's my boy i like cutter crawford me too I think he, he'll make the team just because he's able to go, like, be a good swingman. IRSC, baby. Hey, now. Oh, I think I got to write an article about all this stuff later. Hmm. It's for a grade, too. That's. Oh, no, it's Friday. It's due Saturday. I'm nah, Either way. I'm going to start after this episode. All right, Devin, bring us through the rundown of what the hell happened the past month. Because we left off with, I think, the Bogarts situation. That was it. So. Tristan Cass is the only first baseman basically left, so it's his job to lose. And I think if he forgets how to play baseball, it's kind of still his job because Dalback forgot how to play baseball too. Yeah, and then I forgot Dalback's on the team. Yeah, and then moving on, Justin Turner basically replacement for JD. How do you feel about that? I kind of like it because he's able to play first and third, third, and JD really just. Only play the outfield, not really that much. Exactly. And now that, now that the Red Sox have a little flexibility, you know, get Devers off his feet for a day. Cassis is matched up against a tough lefty. You know, you hit Turner, play Turner at first. Dude, I keep on going. So I think I'm about to say something that um might be shocking. So it's a better fit. Okay, yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say, like, the more transactions we have, like, the better our team's looking because it's not bad. I agree. Like, enough things go right. Uh, enough things go right. You know, maybe this team sneaks into the wild card round, like, wild card the last slot. Yeah. And, you know, anything can happen if you get in. Yeah, and I think the one the one thing is, like, this team, like, in order to even make it there, like, I think they could be a great team, but the first year together, it's going to be weird because there's so many new pieces. Yes and no, because we got the Dodgers, like, we got Kike, Turner, and Kenley, all Dodgers guys. They're all very familiar. Oh, my Turner, God, yeah. Best friends. I forgot about Kenley being on the Dodgers. Yeah, like, so we, we're the Dodgers East in the – Dodgers are the Red Sox West. Yeah. It's basically like we exclusively trade with them. The Dodgers. Well, I mean, they got Mookie and JD. They, got, they had David Price. They had David Price. They had Joe Kelly. 
Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, Manny Ramirez. Oh my Nick God, Curry, yeah. What Beckett. The hell? <laughs> Whenever we need a salary dump, we call the Dodgers up. Uh, yeah, that's true. And I mean, I wish the Red Sox would spend money like the Dodgers because holy shit, they can. Yeah. That's a whole nother story, but let's let's keep going down this list. So they DFA Darwin's and Hernandez, Thank the God. Orioles claim, or we trade him to the Orioles for cash. And the Orioles actually just DFA'd him today or yesterday. Seriously? Yeah. And then to fill his roster spot, we signed former Cy Young winner, Corey Kluber. Which is, I mean, it's still Corey, Corey Kluber. Shout out Cressy, by the way. But um, I, I don't know. How do you feel about him? Because this last season wasn't that impressive at all. He had better stats than Eovoldi this last year. Really? Yeah. And well, he eats some innings. I mean, Eovoldi wasn't anything to go home to this year either. But yeah. all right. I'll 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 take that. I, I hope he – well, how did he do in New York? He didn't do like eh. – No, but I think he was dealing with like injury concern. And he went back to – he went to Tampa, kind of reinvented himself, and Boston takes a lot of like what Tampa does and implements that. So I think it's going to be like a similar parallel to yeah, where. But he- I I remember last episode we were talking about how like people fit in Boston compared to like other people because Boston's such a specific like big fan base and everything. So Kluber not doing that well in New York kind of concerns me because it's like the same fan base, if not even like crazier. They are obviously much bigger douchebags than we are in Boston. But, um, yeah, just dealing with the pressure of being a Red Sox is, like, kind of a number one thing. So if you have someone on a big team they don't do that well, that's, like, kind of a concern. So. Oh, I agree with that for sure. Like, it's def- different markets are – some are harder, some are easier to play in. Yeah. There's a lot of minor moves. Like, they traded Connor, Connor Siebel to the Rockies for cash. Hein Bloom loves getting cash for guys yeah he just he just wants money i mean i'll take it better than us releasing him and getting nothing yeah I, honestly yeah because i feel like that happens too much especially the last couple of years when we uh yeah. get rid of players for nothing uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> moving on um red Sox signed edwin diaz third baseman to minor league deal oh <laughs> i was like wait what <laughs> I remember when that went down, someone tweeted the Red Sox signed Edwin Diaz and Twitter like went crazy for like three minutes until someone tweeted out, it's a minor league deal for a third baseman. And everyone's like, oh, okay. I I got so confused. <laughs> right there. I was like, our bullpen would have been fucking unstoppable. I mean, that would have been great to have him. Did, did, did Haim like cook? Is, is he done cooking? I think he's cooking still. Who knows? Yeah, so like Jansen and Tristan Cassis for Edwin Diaz and the Nets or some shit. And then Red Sox add some lefty depth with Ryan Sheriff, who's actually pretty good. He has like a ERA in the threes for a career. He's pitched in the big leagues a good amount. Yeah, he's got a large social media following. Like he's a personality a little bit. Yeah. I I like him. Like I think it's a great move. Like worst comes to worst, he's in triple A to start the year and say a guy goes goes down, he's the perfect guy to call up. Yeah. Wait, speaking of minor league deals, didn't we sign Yuri Gurriel? No. Oh. That never happened. Wait, who the fuck did we sign? <laughs> no. Someone reported that and then like it got taken down like an hour later. Oh. 
So that was all fake. That was just me yeah. being a dumb Twitter user. Just because no, the guy who broke that broke the it was Carlos Bodega, who's like good friends with Cora, and he's the one who broke the Devers news. So he just whiffed on that one. Yeah, it was just a whiff, but he hit a grand slam with the Devers one. So, well, I mean, yeah, but like I saw minor league deal with Yuri Gurriel. I was like, dude, he could play first base right now. Yeah, that was weird. All right, well, sorry. I <laughs> this is why you fact check everything, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Then the Red Sox signed free agent Skyler Arias to a minor league deal. He has comps to Chris Sale. He takes a little longer to get the ball out but he's a nice depth piece i mean there's nothing nothing wrong with signing pitching depth i mean us as red sox fans know you need it more than anything yeah because chris sale will fucking fall out of an airplane somehow some way and we need a new pitcher well it's not jinx that you better knock on some wood uh all right we're good we're good and then uh do you want to take the trade um i don't have my shit pulled up yet all right, so the Red Sox acquire uh, shortstop Mondesi and a player to be named later for Josh Taylor. I mean, it's a pretty straight-up deal, a guy who was hurt all year for a guy who was hurt. Uh, boy. They got the infielder. Dev, you're breaking up a little bit here, buddy. I, back. I yeah yeah I didn't hear like you straight up deal for a player who's injured. Uh, it was a straight up deal for a player who missed all of last year for a player who missed most of last year. So the Red Sox had their bullpens of strength now, so they were able to subtract Josh Taylor from it without it being too much of a big deal, and they were able to add the infielder that they needed. I am a huge fan of that trade. I really think that one's going to go under the radar because Alberto Mondesi was only getting better and better every single year, and he's so fucking fast. He's a great leadoff guy. And in MLB The Show, I'm going to spam the fuck out of the Red Sox, drop a drag bunt with Mondesi to start off the game, get on first, and then just have Devers second hit a bomb, bring him in. So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's a, it's a great deal. I mean, Bloom did say he might not be ready for opening day, so it's Kike and Arroyo up the middle, which yeah. I think is a good up the middle. Mm. Arroyo is good. Kike, I mean, Kike is just uber athletic, and he reads the ball off the bat so well. The problem with, like, utility fielders is, like, I don't know. I feel like Kike kind of excels in center field and everything, but, like, when you put him in other positions, like, he's he's good, but he's not going to be great, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I but, honestly think Mondesi. How old is Mondesi? He's not that old, right? Uh, I will tell you in two seconds. He is twenty-seven. Yeah, dude. I feel and like you give him that's him a great deal. Exactly, and you keep him there for a while, give him a couple years. Like he'll be a beast, especially if he stays healthy and has the speed like he usually does. Dude, I think we got a fucking steal right there. If he's able to stay healthy, that is an unbelievable trade because that's our stopgap for one of the shortstops that we have in the minor league system to get a little more experience down there and maybe start knocking on that door. Marcelo Mayer. He was the eighth ranked prospect this year. Is that yeah. what the, what they got? Like that. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. And then the Red Sox signed free agent, Adam Duvall, and then they DFA'd. Do you want to take it? 
They DFA'd Maddie Backpacks. Yes, they did. I don't know why. I don't know why. Devin, you sent me that Twitter link, and I completely agree. You're like, jo- what, Josh Taylor, right? That's his name? Uh, that they DFA or they, they – they, they No, they – uh Brazier. Yeah, Ryan Brazier, Ryan Brazier, Ryan Brazier. Yeah, you're like, Ryan Brazier definitely had some dirt on Heimblum. I, I completely agree, dude. <laughs> Do you see that? I sent you the tweet where it was like, uh, Ryan yeah, Brazier. Classified documents have been found at Ryan Brazier's home. That was so funny. Yeah, dude. Cause that's oh, dude. Maddie backpacks really. I think they're why are they trying to get? Like, uh, they already did it. They already did it. I'm not gonna ask why, but I think they're just trying to get rid of that 2018 core, man. Honestly, I, I think we all know why. He walks too many guys. If his fastball velo is down, he was so erratic, and the Red Sox are trying to uh, transform their bullpen to guys who throw strikes and get weak contact. And Matt Barnes doesn't really throw strikes and when he's in the zone it's hit or miss it's just sad man because he's a fucking dog but it is sad they dogs aren't always there yeah ran him into the ground yeah they really did especially that all-star season when he was doing so good and then he pitched more innings than he ever fucking has and then it just turned out awful did you see he like liked or retweeted a tweet that said he got ran into the ground oh okay hold on I'm going to find it. Matt Barnes, right-handed pitcher. I mean, as a professional athlete, I, I got to be honest, there's no excuse right there. Like, you get paid to get run into the ground. You know what I mean? No, I know. I agree. So, oh. like, saying that you got run into the ground is just being, like, a grade-A explicit word. So, I it was Red Sox stats that tweeted it. Barnes took a lot of gu- – Took a lot of guff, but for a couple of years there, he was just running to the ground, being called on for nearly almost every important out, every segment of every game out of the pen. 2018 playoffs monster. And then he tweeted the days that like he threw with a circle around it, and it's the majority of the month. Well, I mean, yeah, that when you're a top-end receiver, oh. receiver. And then look at the retweet, Matt Barnes. Damn, he retweeted that? He retweeted it. Okay, that's kind of crazy. He's salty. Yeah, but like, dude, that kind of is a bitch made move. Not I know. Right. Then he uh retweeted Carabas's like goodbye to him. Yeah, Mr. Matty Backpacks. But like, dude, if you're a high-end reliever, don't you want to be in that position? Don't you want to be out there every day? Like, I, I get it. Like it sucks, but dude, hold it's- on. What? I lost you for a sec. Oh, you're back. Okay. all right. Um, I was saying, like, don't you? If you're a high end reliever, especially an all star, don't you want to be out there for those situations? Don't you want? I agree. Ending? Like, why That's- are you getting complained of being run into the ground? Don't you want to be like, don't you want the team on your back and the biggest pressure ever? Like, him retweeting that kind of made me thankful that he's gone because obviously he didn't want it. And that's that whole reason why he got that extension because, you know, he was a dog out there. Yeah. He was like the next Jonathan Papelbon. Like, he had a dog in him. But if he's that far. like that and like, okay, maybe maybe not Papelbon. But, but if he's like acting like that and everything, it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, there'd be, there's so many minor leaguers that would kill to have that situation. And if you're in the yeah. MLB and this is your job, you got to get used to that. Like, that is your job. You got to yeah. want it. If you don't want it, get the fuck out of the, like, can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Like, 
That's brutal. Yeah. I agree. Brutal. But thank you for everything that you've done. Um, yes, he did do a lot for us. There's there's no hate here, even though that was kind of a bitch made retweet. Um, I I I hope this video for <laughs> this podcast doesn't get listened to by him because that'd be fucking hilarious. If the first enemy I make is Maddie Backpacks, because I call him bitch me <laughs> for that wait, retweet. I mean, I can get, I get him being like mad because he just got re- like basically released. Yeah, but, I get that. But like, don't be like, oh, they ran me into the route. Do it in social media, huh? Don't put it on social media. That too. That's also very, 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 very number one rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honest, honest to God, like I'm still playing baseball. But my social media is a loose cannon. I will be honest. <laughs> I kind of just <laughs> I retweet shit that I probably shouldn't. That's very polarizing, but I I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also not making millions of dollars in the MLB. Exactly. So it's it's a huge difference between a small little D3 kid versus Matty Backpacks. Exactly. Which <laughs> sucks because like, you know, he was drafted by them and was with them forever and then for it to end like that i don't think heim bloom likes homegrown talent at all but like man what is why is brazier still on this team he's not gonna be on the team for long dude he has survived the dfa like roulette roulette yeah i've never seen anything like it yeah it's actually ridiculous how he's still on the team but i mean like yeah yeah. I don't know. Anyway. What else do we have? Is that it? I think that's it. We didn't really talk about Duval though. No, it's a great fit. I it's gonna be like Kyle Schwarber and Hunter Renfro, like type of vibe. I remember watching him in Miami, like he was a lot of fun to watch. He's a big power hitter. I think he's gonna be a great fucking fit. Yeah, I agree. And he's like low-key, like pretty athletic yeah he steals a couple bags here and there yeah and he's a pretty good defender let's see i want to look up the projected lineup for uh next year so what uh nbc sports boston 2023 this article was posted uh three days ago so and the first thing I see on this thing is Red Sox not banking on return in 2023 about Trevor Story. So, okay. Um, <laughs> it has uh, Yoshi leading off, which no way. Oh, the starting lineup. For, okay. Opening day 2023. Uh, this makes more sense. So, Yoshi leading off, Kike batting second, playing shortstop, Devers, obviously. Justin Turner, the four hole. Which, I see it. I mean, yeah, he can drive in some runs. He's not like a big pop, you know. No. Yeah. All right, and then this one, I like if he proves out to be that way. But um, batting fifth, Tristan Cassis. I like that. But he's above Duvall. Duvall was hurt all last year. Yeah, but the thing is, Duvall's been a pro, and he's proven himself. Like, Tristan Cassis hasn't done much yet. Tristan, Tristan can get on base more than Duvall, though. So, if he's on base, you know, Duvall runs into one, rather it being a solo home run. It would be a two-run home run. Okay. All right. I get that. 
Um, I don't know if I agree, but so we got that. We got five, six, uh, seven is Doogie, eight, Christian Arroyo, and nine is Mr. Jerks Off a lot, Reese McGuire. You see the Red Sox are in talks with Roberto Perez. Who's Roberto Perez? Like another catcher. Oh. What I wonder if they're on the verge of trading one of the catchers. Probably Connor Wong, because he was part of that, you know, 2018 team. No, Wong was in the Betts trade. Oh, he was? Yeah. He was the last piece. Oh. See, this is this is this is why we work so well together, because you know all the <laughs> stuff and like I'm like kind of the dumbass behind the scenes. <laughs> trying to seem like he knows a lot of stuff, but uh doesn't I like I like Wong. He's like really athletic back there. I mean, yeah, I like him too, but hitting wise, he has some pop. He he can let like if he gets going, he has some pop and can run into some a lot of doubles and home runs. I would definitely get give him a, obviously a bigger role this year. He's obviously in the like biggest role he's going to have in his career so far this year without Christian Vasquez, without I don't know. Who else do they have? Without anybody. So Reese McGuire and Connor Wong, not a bad duo, not the best. But it, um it's weird because McGuire is going to be the starter, but he's like the defense first guy, and Wong is the bat first guy almost. And usually it's the other way around, you know? Yeah. How did Wong do? Let's hold on, let me look at it. I don't up. think he hit too well, but like, you know, like if he gets going. He can get going. Yeah, like last year about 188. Yeah, and but that was playing every fifth day. He played 27 games, so not a and lot. And he was off a good amount of the year. Yeah. 27 games in, say, like two and a half months, three months. That's nothing. Okay, so that's not that bad. Hmm. Damn, he's skinny. He's 6'1", 178. No way. Yeah, he's fast as hell, too. He's really that small? Yeah. Wow. All right. Good for him. He receives the ball so well, too. He receives the ball so well? Yeah, I remember last year there was a point where, like, they just kept calling him up every time Eovoldi was throwing because Eovoldi, like, demanded that he caught him. All right, Devin, I'm going to ask you a quick catcher question real quick. Who do you think is the best receiving catcher in the MLB? Austin Hedges. Who? Austin Hedges. (laughs) What team does he play for? Rangers? I don't know who he is with right now, but dude, he is the worst hitter in baseball, probably. The and then he just he's on a team every year just because like the way he handles a pitching staff and is able to receive so well. That's crazy. I know. Huh. All right, I just wanted to get that little tidbit in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he still is. I just remember like a year or two ago, I was just like, you know, I was two years ago. After I got hurt, I was trying. I was like, when I was coming back, I was just watching like Austin Hedges' like spring training videos where he was like explaining the stuff what he was doing. So it's like you hear and then you, you know, you know how every catcher starts with their glove on the ground now. Yeah, that's his. That was his thing. Seriously? Yeah, like people started doing that because of him. No way. Yeah. Oh shit! I so I heard today. I was talking to one of my roommates. He's a catcher, and he's actually really good receiving wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like Austin Hedges, you know. Yeah. Um, find some barrels here and there. But uh, in 2016, the whole catching scheme changed. 
Yeah. Is that true? I don't know if it was 16. I kind of feel like it kind of depends where you're from, but yeah. Yeah. Just instead of like framing where it's at, like stealing strikes. I mean, I don't know because FDU, we didn't have a catching coach. And then St. Leo, our catching coach was unbelievable. And he was like, very, he, it was old school, but man, did it work. Where like, pan right here. Our load was, so we would show the glove. Hold on, I'll show you real quick. Yeah, get that glove. Got the glove. So, you know how catchers start with the glove on the ground now? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was, say I'm squatting and say my, this, this is starting right on my, uh, like, leg. And my load is just to rub it against and then meet the ball right here. Okay. And I'm showing the pocket of the glove the whole time. So the pitcher has, like, a good target to throw right. to. Yeah. Rather than the pitcher seeing this on the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I would be showing this. Okay. Does Connor Wong do that? Connor, yeah, he actually does. Really? <laughs> yeah. Better catcher than Reese McGuire? I I don't think so because Wong got converted to catcher when he was like a junior in college. He was a shortstop. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, and McGuire's been catching for longer, and McGuire's like defensive first guy. I really like McGuire back there. I don't mean to. I and think he's I think Boston might be that like place where it clicks for him. It, he looked good last year. Yeah, he did. Like I felt that he's a catcher. Like I felt fine with him up there. Not Salvador Perez or Buster Posey, but like still good. felt good. It's felt like kind of Christian Vasquez ish. Like that. That's kind of how he's gonna be. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I hated the way Vasquez caught. I remember you complaining about that. He would drag so many pitches out of the zone where I'd just be sitting there. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I meant Christian Vasquez-ish, as in, like, he's going to be – I don't know. I feel like he was a solid catcher. Was he not a solid catcher? You obviously know a lot more than catching. I think he was a very good at commanding the strike zone or commanding a pitching staff. He was an excellent leader where, like, you know, you need that. But I think, like, some of the catching stuff was, eh. Like, I remember Pat Light told a story on the Name Redacted where, you know, like, Vasquez called the same pitch, like, the same sequence for every pitcher, no matter what, where, like, he didn't play to the pitcher's strengths. Okay. I, I don't know if you noticed, like, when Vasquez was catching, the pitchers would get lit up. And then, like, Sandy Leon would catch. Yeah, the moon man. It was a different pitching staff. Yeah. So he's just not that good at calling games. Yeah. Okay. You think Reese is better? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's I, all. I, mean. I think I don't know if it was like, I don't want to say it was like a language barrier thing, but like. Kind of. I don't know. I think it was just so I think a lot of it was to do with that. Christian Vasquez is the guy and like the leader complexity about him where like everyone looked to him to be the leader, which is a good thing. And I think, you know how the Red Sox bullpen was always young kids. Mm -hmm. They were a little scared to shake off where they were on the mound. They're like, man, if I throw this curveball right here and then you call fastball and they were like, Oh, and that they wouldn't throw it with conviction. Okay. And they would just get lit up. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I completely get it. If I was a young pitcher too, bro, I'd be fucking terrified. Yeah. All right. 
So, what we got since Zoom is cheap, we got five minutes left. Uh, the starting rotation. How do you feel about this? Chris Sale, Nick Pavetta, Whitlock, Kluber, Bayo, and Paxton. Well, first of all, let's not put Whitlock in the rotation. This, I completely fucking agree. Yeah, this is what the but, sports. I actually really like it because the the way I'm looking at this, like you can look at it one or two ways. You got an injury prone rotation or you got a rotation that doesn't have that me- that much tax on their arms for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Chris Hill, like he said the other day, he's 34, but his arm's like 31. He hasn't thrown in three years. Yeah. And last year had nothing to do with his arm. It was just his, what, pinky, right? There was his pinky and then his wrist. It had nothing to do with that. Yeah. So, you know, he should be able to throw 120, 130 innings. He will be a, I think he'll be a complete wild card this year. Yeah, it's a complete wild card. It could either be unbelievable or, you know, she can hit the fan. Yeah. So hoping it's unbelievable. But so even if Sale has an unbelievable season, like where do you see the starting rotation going? Not far. I see it as. The thing is. If they kind of like falter a little bit there are pieces they can move into the rotation to keep it steady. You like, can move Hulk in there. You can move Whitlock. You can move Cutter Crawford. You can get a couple innings out of Winkowski. I'm sure there's some dude in AAA that we haven't heard of that's going to step up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I got you. I think like the last couple of years, you know, one guy goes down, the season's over. I think there's more room for error where they have backup options now. Especially with this bullpen that we got right here. Yeah, that's what, Exactly. Say you move Whitlock to the rotation, you still got uh, Chris Martin, Kenley Jansen, and Tanner Houck out there. Like, that's that's an elite bullpen in, in itself. Yeah. Then, I mean, thank like, fucking God. Like, I just remember every single time. It would just be like, fuck the bullpen. Fuck the bullpen. Fuck the bullpen. But now this year, like, who do we have that I'm, like, scared to come in? Ryan Brazier. That's it. Unlike <laughs> the entire bullpen, like Josh Taylor, fucking all these other guys that I don't even remember their names because they're just so bad. Like, yeah. Well, Taylor was good. He was just hurt the whole year. Yeah. But I mean, still. But, and I totally forgot to even mention John Schreiber. Yeah. That Schreiber bullpen, was a beast near the end of the year. That bullpen right now is Whitlock, Hauk, Schreiber, Martin, Jansen. That's elite. So this is what the NBC Sports says. It says Jolie Rodriguez, Brazier, Howe, Crawford, Schreiber, Martin, and Jansen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's going to be a decent. Well, they went with the six man rotation, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think, I think if they don't sign another lefty, Paxton's going to get in the bullpen, and they're going to pair him up with Whitlock, where Whitlock goes three innings, and then Paxton goes Paxton. three. That makes a lot of sense because they do not have any lefties in the starting rotation. Exactly. Or in the pen. Yeah, but that's why they would do that. And then Cutter Crawford's your long guy out of the pen. Yeah. Or, you know, Whitlock's in the pen. You start Paxton. You let him go two innings, three innings, and then you bring in Crawford. Yeah. I like like Hogs as a setup guy for Jansen, though. Yeah, I like it, too. Like, if it's pitcher perfect, it would go sale, fucking seven. Hauk, then Jansen. Yeah. 
Chris Martin's crazy good too. I don't know, but I just love Tanner Houck, everything he does. And I've actually seen his bullpens live, which is kind of fucking crazy. Tanner Houck is – I don't know why he gets so much hate. Who hates on him, bro? Oh, dude, everybody. Really? He's in every trade room. Everyone's like, trade Tanner Houck. Oh, it's because he's unvaccinated. Ah. Dude, literally, he's in every trade rumor, every podcast I listen to is like, well, you know, if they trade Tanner Howe because he's complete wild card, uh, I don't know. Mm. I'm like, he throws, like, his stuff is unreal from that angle. He's a dog. We got less than a minute. He's a dog. I love Tanner Houck. Um, I I feel like I love this Red Sox team so far. I'm, I don't hate it. Yoshi, I, I think it. Yoshi's going to be a huge wild card, too, because – Hey, what if he's like Shohei Otani and comes in like MVP? That'd be nuts. But yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll keep you guys updated with all Red Sox moves, trades, how we feel about it, how you guys feel about it. So thanks for listening. Landing on Lansdowne Podcast. I'm Chris Ferrara. And I'm Devin Roche. And we will see you next time.